0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I am your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DeManto, Bono, fellas. How are we feeling? Very big episode today. It is our first big board episode of the 2024 draft season. The tape has been grinded. Still got a lot of tape to grind. Combine's got to go. Senior bowl's got to go. But this is our first initial top 25 big board, fellas. How are we feeling?
1: I mean, it's bittersweet. We've been saying it for a while. That's pretty much draft season, but Jets are eliminated. Uh, football's over. Football's a stupid sport to begin with, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, but It's just draft season now, so every every guy loves a nice draft, pumped up, uh, and first big board getting to put it, make some statements here, I hope. So let's see how that goes.
2: Love it. Dino, how we doing, buddy? Doing great. I'm really excited to go into this. Go into it raw, more importantly. Ray's very used to that, by the way. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not delusional. So I kind of, I've been out of the jets for out of the hope on that for I think five or six weeks now, thank God, because I would hate to be you guys and still holding on to hope. So I've been ready for thinking about the draft, dreaming about the draft, having wet, wet dreams about potential for, uh, the likes of like a Marvin Harrison or a future great offensive tackle that there's a few in this class. So uh, ready to get into it.
0: Nice. Um, So like I said, we're doing our top 25s for this 1.0 big board. The way this is going to break down, we're each going to go through um, our big board in tens, 10, 10 and five. Um, We'll talk about some players that maybe we think we have higher than some other guys, some lower. Uh, We'll talk about our biggest discreps. So let's just get right into it. Ray, you're going to start us up here. Run through one through ten on your big board.
1: The scraps was such a dean dean term. Love it. Not really, <laughs> but okay. So here we go. Get the lead off. Uh, number one, we got my guy Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State. Two, we got Drake May QB one from UNC. Three, Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC. Four, got Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia. Five, OT1, J.C. Latham from Alabama. Six, Olu Mishanu from uh, Penn State. He'll be my OT2. Seven, Malik Neighbors from LSU, the wide receiver. Eight, tackle from Notre Dame, Joe Alt. Nine, wide receiver from Washington, Roma Dunze. And then rounding out the top ten, Jimmy Newton, as Dean would say, the uh, defensive tackle from <laughs> Illinois,
2: rage. Um, wow, just, was that with no edge in that top ten? I love it. Yeah,
1: they're coming. Don't worry. Uh, I guess the number, the big thing I want to talk about, I guess, before you, we pass it off, is that uh, just my OT one, JC Latham. I'm obsessed with the guy. Uh, I think he's got the athleticism. The, he put the production on tape this year, and he's just an absolute fucking dog. He he, you can just tell he's the most violent offensive lineman in this class, which I love he just moves people off the ball and his athleticism is not far behind I don't think that of Olu I think he's got the movement skills and we'll be able to see that uh come combine time.
0: Nice. Um I think there also has to be a little bit of a conversation about your quarterback
2: one too. I mean
1: I figured we t- we touched on that once everyone gets through the top 10s. I would say. fair enough. Dino, run us through your top 10.
2: Yeah, my top 10 is going to go Caleb Williams at the top, uh QB1 still. Marvin Harrison Wide receiver one, generational talent, guaranteed. It's crazy. Joe Alt is my offensive tackle one. I have not uh, been mysterious about that. Olu Fashanu out of Penn State. Again, offensive tackle. He's going to be OT2. Jaden Daniels, I guess my surprise for the top 10 is uh, quarterback. Heisman winning quarterback out of LSU is my QB2. Drake May. Right after him, QB three out of UNC. Seven, Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. Eight, my guy, Jimmy Newton. Should have had him one. Honestly, I might go back and say fuck it and do it. Uh, Le'at, Leatu Latu, our first edge, edge one out of UCLA. And then ten, uh, raised dude, J.C. Latham uh that's going to be tackle number three for me. I honestly think all three of them are in, in the same tier. It's just this draft is just so stacked at the top that it, even being in the same tier and just being a little bit below is a six spot difference. And I, and I think it's, I think it's warranted. I guess, I guess I'll go and talk about Jaden Daniels who won the Heisman. I'm trying to go as raw into this big board as possible without any outside influence I have no real idea to where people are really putting him. Uh, I I just I mean Drake I may mean, I get it. He lost some I, I guess you could say some, you know, weapons to the draft over the past 2 years, but I mean he had a dip in his completion percentage, yards per attempt and his passer rating in all 3 years. Um it pops he obviously is still amazing and top-tier talent, but Jaden Daniels I mean, I can't this year from him was just unconscious i think he warrants this and and has a bright future for sure
0: yeah dean i can't knock you for uh for ranking your guy this high i mean he had an unbelievable season i was telling gray i watched his tape last night and i was thoroughly impressed um i don't have him in my top 10 just for for people's (laughs) sakes we'll get we'll get to that um and I do think the range of outcomes that people have him at are so vast, so cannot knock you right now for uh, for having him in your top ten. Right? What do you think?
1: I mean, I think it's the classic uh, Mel Kiper move. You know, he wants to put the guy high, and he'll slowly drop him down. Dean's learning from the best, so
2: you know, a, he, he likes. Getting <laughs> and then the I clicks. can say I was right if yeah, he li- stands out, but but he ended as like thirty four for me in my rankings. I like yeah. it.
1: He likes getting the clicks, but you know, I just I think <laughs> putting him over Drake May is a little criminal, but. We'll see.
0: Dino Kuyper. All right, I'll go through my top ten here. At number one, I have Marvin Harrison. He's the best player in this draft. Um, at two and three, I have Caleb Williams and then Drake May. Quarterback one, quarterback two. I think the race is extremely tight still. At four, I have Olufushan, who first tackle off the board. At number five, I have Malik Neighbors, wide receiver from LSU. Um, six, I have Brock Bowers. Seven, I have Layatu Latu, first edge off the board from UCLA. At eight, I have offensive tackle Joe Alt. At nine, I have Roma Dunze, wide receiver from Washington. And at 10, I have offensive tackle J.C. Latham. Um, I agree with Dean. I have all three of these tackles in my top 10. I think Ray does as well. Um, I think all these guys are are blue-chip prospects and are going to be really good in the NFL. I think the guy that – I'm going to mention here is Malik Nabors, who I have at five. Just an outstanding season uh, alongside Jaden Daniels. I really do think that he is just overshadowed by, by how good Marvin Harrison is. And I think in any other drafts, especially in these last few years, he would have been my wide receiver one. Just so smooth, so crisp. I really feel like he's in this Odell, Garrett Wilson type of mold. Um with the spacing in the NFL with his speed, I think he's gonna be a problem at the next level. So I love Malik Neighbors. So I got him at five.
1: Yeah, we were, I think we were saying Odell uh preseason too, just the, yep. the body type explosiveness and just the vibes he was giving off. I, the LSU jersey obviously doesn't help it doesn't hurt either, rather. Right.
0: All right. Let's keep it rolling. Uh Ray, your next ten.
1: My next ten. Let me get back to it. Quick.
0: We'll get we'll get a little more conversation in these next few. I think these first 10 prospects yeah. are pretty uh, solid.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. So this is where the edges start to come off. I got at 11, I got edge one, Jared Verse, uh, 12, edge two, Dallas Turner, and 13, edge three, Latu Latu. <laughs> I think it's just super tight at this position. It's There's a long way to go for um, being able to uh, finally tier them and rank them. For me, I just just before I get on, I think Jared Verse, he, just some of the tools he has. I think he's tailor made for the NFL. I think he's gonna be pluck and play, starting off the edge. I think Dallas Turner has the highest ceiling, and then Latu Latu, he's a little older and he's got that injury question. So that was just my uh, rationale with ranking these guys. Uh, at fourteen, we got Cooper DeGene, the cornerback safety hybrid out of Iowa. Fifteen, I got QB three and JJ McCarthy. Sixteen, I got QB four and Michael Penix Jr. Those those two are neck and neck. I think um, if they both come out, it's gonna be a battle till the end for me to see who's gonna rank higher. Uh, Seventeen, Chop Robinson, the edge from Penn State. Eighteen, Talise Fuaga, the tackle from Oregon State. Nineteen, my guy Troy Franklin, the wide receiver from Oregon, and then twenty, Kool Aid McKinstry the cornerback from Alabama. Uh one more guy I just wanted to touch on Talise Fuaga. I watched him a little late, uh, once he started getting all the that hype in like the top tier of the offensive tackle class. And I was very, very impressed, especially with his run blocking. That guy is just his um Mover. his motor, his just range in the run game, his tenacity. I really love it. I I have him listed as OT slash guard. I really wouldn't be surprised if a team would rather kick him inside to uh, really maximize his potential. Just something about him pass blocking on an Island. There seems like there, it doesn't look as comfortable for him. I feel like his comfort level may be elevated and just his ceiling may be maximized if he gets kicked inside a little bit, but I don't know how likely that's going to be.
0: Nice. nice, Dean, what do you got for your next 10?
2: Yeah. Starting it out hot. I'm going to go with 11 uh, and cornerback one. I, I don't know. I'm obsessed with the guy. Uh, it's going to be Terry on Arnold, the uh, corner opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry down in Bama. 12 is uh, Edge, Jared Verse out of FSU. 13, Edge again, Chop Robinson. 14 is going to be another Edge, three in a row, Dallas Turner. 15, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver out of LSU. So pretty big gap. Between uh, wide receiver one and wide receiver two, and that's not, I uh, that is not a, I guess you could say an insult towards Malik Neighbors and whatsoever. And then sixteen is going to be wide receiver three, Roma Dunes out of Washington. Seventeen is going to be corner two, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa. Eighteen corner three very close behind nate wiggins I, i'm slowly but surely becoming more and more of a nate wiggins guy 19 is going to be qb4 michael Penix jr and then 20 to round it out talise fuaga same guy that ray was just speaking on and um yeah no mover of men for sure i guess i'll just get right into it with on arnold i i love that he is first recruited at a high school as a safety and brought brought onto this team as a safety In his red shirt season, he converts over to corner and you just see the safety in him when he runs up to, to run, uh, to play the run. And it's, it's staggering. I I would probably say he's one of the best for sure, uh, run defending corners in this draft. And then on top of that, you would think that he would miss a beat or, not be able to stick with these guys as well and pass in, in, um, in man, but that is just not the case at all. His stats and his analytics put him right at the top with most of them. If not, if not above all of the past two seasons. So for, for that reason, he's just corner one. I think he's going to flourish and, and begin to just continue rising up boards as uh, the off season goes on and the draft process begins.
0: Nice. Yeah. Dean, I also want to ask you about um, this wide receiver cluster that you have at 15 and 16 Mm -hmm. um, with neighbors and a Donze. I think, I mean, Ray and I both have, both of them ranked higher in our top 25s. What was the reasoning kind of um, for having them a little lower than us, maybe?
2: Yeah, I had, it was so hard. I, I think that I really do think that this is just an extremely, extremely talented class. I could not justify putting them over any of the tackles. And then those four edge, uh, it it was really hard. But I would say probably their ceiling for me in this, in my big board would be right after Jared Verse. So uh, for that, I mean, it's such an important position nowadays too. wide receiver. We talked about it. it's becoming more and more of a position that is a premium, but I can't really justify it in the fact that just chop Robinson, ton, of ton of production and definitely going to give you a high floor. I believe coming out of college and then Dallas Turner, just like Ray said, he might just have the highest ceiling of the class uh, just in general. He could just be out of this world. Jared verse, been doing it too well for too long for those reasons i i just could not who knows maybe roma dunes goes off in uh in the college football playoff changes my mind but for now they're sitting pretty at 15 and 16
0: yeah fair enough for sure i mean this is our first go i know um, i want to dive
2: more into the tape I, I there's still a lot of work to be done gentlemen hundred
0: percent um i'll go through my next 10 um and i think kind of the way when i rank this Two, just before I get into it. I think I had my first like twelve guys set as blue chip players, um, kind of in a tier of their own, and then everybody kind of fell in after it. Um, so at eleven, I have Johnny Newton, um, interior defensive lineman from Illinois. At twelve, I have Dallas Turner, who's my edge two. Um, and then at thirteen and fourteen, I have a quarterback stack of Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels. Um gonna be so fascinating to see where I end up on those two guys um 15 i have edge jared verse at 16 i have cornerback one nate wiggins from clemson at 17 i have another corner Kuei McIntyre, mckintree who was just really tight between those two um 18 is chop robinson from penn state 19 i have cooper dejean another very close corner safety prospect and then at 20 i have wide receiver from oregon troy franklin Um, I think I'll get into Nate Wiggins because I have him higher than both you guys. Um, This was a guy that I really liked over summer as well. Um, I think I was the only one to have him in my top five over summer too. And I think he just expanded on his really good play this year. I think he's got the movement skills. He's got the size. He's got the long arms. um, Really doesn't let anybody breathe. Um, off the line of scrimmage, he's really good in off coverage too. I think he's very scheme versatile. Um, this year, I think he allowed under 45% completion percentage to opposing wide receivers, um, under 45 NFL uh, QBR rating. So he's been outstanding all year. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation about cornerback one. I think we all we all three have different cornerback ones. So going to be a good conversation moving forward. All right, fellas, let's keep it rolling. Ray, give us your
1: last five. Yeah, so at 21, I got the offensive lineman, Graham Barton from Duke. Uh, he's kind of a do it all. I don't even know what the listing map is besides offensive lineman, to be honest. At 22, I got Emeka Ibuka, wide receiver from Ohio State. 23, I got his teammate, JT Tui moloow the edge from Ohio State. At 24, I got another edge rusher. I got Chris Braswell Jr. Uh, from Alabama. And then at 25, I got offensive tackle Jordan Morgan from Arizona. Uh, I guess Grant Barton. I'll touch on. I feel like I touched on him a lot in the summer, but I really do love the way this guy plays. I love the the experience he has in college. I love the versatility. He can play all five spots with ease. And we talk about it every time we t- every time we talk about it. I just keep, can't stop saying it. Just I think position versatility on the offensive line nowadays is massive. I think injuries are a dime a dozen, and just being and you just can't get it's so hard to get off the line depth and just get starters once your guys go down, where if you can have someone who can plug and play at multiple spots, it just makes the math and just the roster construction so much easier.
0: Right. I like that. Um, also want to ask you about the two edges you have down towards the bottom. Um, JT Tui Molal, who's been a heavily discussed topic on our podcast which just, the inconsistency of his play from, from game to game, uh, but obviously with high traits. And then Chris Braswell, who we really liked this year, has, co- has come on strong. So just kind of talk me through those those two yeah, guys they, too.
1: There's they're such different players too. Um, JT is more of a – I've had him listed as edge slash defensive lineman. I think he can play multiple fronts. I think in the NFL, he puts on a little bit more weight. I think rushing from the inside, he'll do that a lot more than he did in college. And just that with him, it's just the flashes. I think he's got heavy hands. Really powerful, which I think really helps uh, from day one when he step in the NFL. He's got man strength for sure. And Chris Braswell is kind of an opposite, uh, opposite style player. I think he's more of a stand-up edge. Uh, former five-star recruit. I think he's a top five overall recruit, if I remember correctly. And he just got juice off the edge. I think he's someone that you just want to stand up and say, go get him. Uh, from him, I think day one, he's more of a situational pass rusher. But we see those guys get drafted in the first round all the time. So I, I think he'll end up going
2: back in end of one. Uh, Not nice least. Nice. All right, Dino, what do you got for us? Yeah, going to start out at 21. Kool-Aid McKinstry, corner from Alabama. 22, Jordan Morgan. Tackle from Arizona. 23, tackle again. Troy Fautanu out of Washington, 24 tackle again. So that's seven total tackles in my top 25. Wow. I think it's warranted Tyler Guyton uh, from Oklahoma. And then 25, Keon Coleman, wide receiver from FSU. Uh, I guess I'll go into just the the tackle cluster and my, my thought process on it. I think that this might be a historic i think it definitely will be a historic offensive tackle not even just tackle just an offensive lineman class in general obviously the, a few of these guys have a, a decent potential to kick it in but i feel like more and more throughout the years especially when you just think back even five years ago especially when you think 10 years ago i feel like it has really shifted to being defensive lineman dominant I feel like you see all the time it it big big part for injuries i feel like stacking up more and more fronts of offensive lines nowadays but I just feel like these versatile and plenty looks that d lineman d lines will show you and basically change up packages always shifting guys in and out to make sure they're fresh I feel like these offensive linemen are just getting beat up and I feel like the really the the power scales have been tipped in the favor of the defensive linemen and those edges and just getting the better of them i feel like the scales would definitely start to tip back in favor due to this draft with some pretty top-notch talent at the offensive line position i'm obsessed with jordan morgan he probably will end up being higher for me as we go on uh pass blocking prowess is very impressive i thought troy fatanu played great against oregon in stopping that lethal defensive line and which which was wreaking havoc all year long. And then Tyler Guyton, I guess, is my surprise one of this top twenty-five, even more so than Jaden Daniels, uh all the way up there. And I, I'm not really sure why. I I think that it, first and foremost, he's six seven, three forty or something. He's a he's a fridge with legs and arms, as Ray would say, or a vending machine. And I, I just see him move really well for a guy that size. He's great when he gets into open space, great at run blocking. And then I feel like people have problems with his pass block blocking. I feel like 99% of the time where I see him be faulty in pass blocking, it's very simple stuff that can be changed with good coaching down the line when he goes to the NFL. So for me, Tyler Guyton could be a big steal in this draft.
0: Yeah, Tyler Guyton was a guy that I had ranked inside my top five in summer scouting Um, again, I think I was the only one who had him in my top five. Um, I don't have him in my top 25 right now, largely in part to some of the things you just said, um, about some technical issues with his hand placement. Um, but like you said, good coaching can cure all and he's got traits. So cannot hate you for that. Um, want to talk about number 25 on this list, Keon Coleman, um, Ray and I, this is the player that we were discussing, Pre uh pre, pre episode. Um, but we didn't get give away the names. Uh-huh. Both Ray and I don't have Keon Coleman in our top twenty-five. Dino, talk me through Keon Coleman, because honestly, I watched the film a few days ago, and I think if I had just gone off what I watched on TV, what I saw through the broadcast, I would have clearly had him as my wide receiver four. He would have been locked in there. He's been made some unbelievable plays this year. But when when you turn on the film, there are just some route running issues. Doesn't run a lot of routes, honestly, to begin with. Um, so I have a feeling um, that he may fall a little bit. But,
2: Dean, talk me through Keon Coleman because he's a freak. I'm a class A sucker for just that X receiver going. You're definitely a sucker. Guy. I'm the biggest sucker for it. It's actually crazy. <laughs> I was for Quentin Johnson last year for obvious reasons. I mean, he was also a stud, but.
0: At least Keon Coleman
2: is definitely definitely different in that factor. This guy is going up and getting it. He actually is – they might change the language from 50-50 ball to 75-25 ball for this guy. And for that reason, I feel like it really still is a position of need and still is something that is like a lost art in the NFL and why everyone thinks – goes wow when they see A.J. Brown do an old-school – 50-50 ball get like a Calvin Johnson like a Megatron I feel like it's just not a thing anymore and I believe Keon Coleman could be the could be the cure could be the savior
1: I mean I'll double down that I'm also a sucker for that type of player I just feel like the more the time goes on the more ball we watch I feel like those players are just so landing spot specific like when you get a guy like George Pickens like yeah when you when you have quarterback like Kenny Pickett Mitch Trubisky and now Mason Rudolph throwing to you, it's not going to work as well as if you land in a spot like, let's say, Buffalo, where you have Josh Allen throwing to you. That's why I think with these guys, spot is so specific with them, and I'm starting to lower those guys on my board personally as opposed
2: to just raising them just due to their physical talent. I did initially have two guys here, and I switched it out for Keon last minute. I will say that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny too because you said like – A lot of his 50-50 balls, you think, are closer to 75-25. And then, like, you watch the games and you look at the numbers after. He was 10 for 30 on contested catches. Like, Mm -hmm. he made some absurd catches that maybe two players in college football can make. But then when you go back and watch the
2: film and then you break down some of the numbers, you're like, eh, like... It's leaving a little yeah, bit. Well, of not, one, I, I don't think he's one dimensional. Like we're, I feel like we're talking about him. Like he's one dimensional. Now this guy is a serious fucking rack guy. This guy runs after the catch and he's like no one's business. He's running through guys. He makes guys miss. That's also a big factor. In my opinion, you give him an open space. He's not like a nobody. I mean, this, this guy could, I think is multi-dimensional for sure. He's and can be a true X receiver.
0: I I cannot knock you because he's just an absolute freak. I think he's just going to be a fascinating conversation moving forward, especially in. So this you guys purple. thought I would have
2: had him higher? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, no. This was this was his ceiling for me. I, I felt I felt I needed to definitely squeak him in there. That's fair.
0: All right. Uh, I'll go through my last five, and then we'll we'll talk a little more. Um, at 21, I have Dean's cornerback one, Tarion Arnold. He's had such a good season opposite Kool-Aid. I mean, he's been targeted twice as much as Kool-Aid, and he's really held up. Um, 22, I have Talize Fuaga. 23, I have Amarius Mims offensive tackle from Georgia who's been banged up all season, but this is a guy I had as my number two offensive tackle in summer scouting. Um, 24, I have Braylon Trice, another guy that I've – Feel like I've been a little higher on than than the two of you. Um, who's the edge from Washington, and then at twenty five, I have Malik Neighbors' counterpart, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU. Um, I'll talk about Amarius Mims. Was banged up pretty much the whole season. Got the last like six games in. Um, he's just an absolute freak. I mean, he's an absolute massive, massive human being at right tackle. Really good mover. Just an absolute dog mauler in the run game. Um, they really like to run their offense behind him. Um, and I think having him and Fuaga kind of neck and neck in this spot, I gave the edge to Fuaga just because of the health. Um, and then I'll talk about Trice too at 24. Put up massive numbers last season in terms of sacks, did not have the same sack production as last year, but his pressure numbers are through the roof. I mean, Honestly, at some points of the season, he was a one-man defensive line for Washington. He's kind of that bigger edge. I think I uh, comped him to sort of like a Zadarius Smith type of player over summer. Um, This big 6'3", 6'4", 265, 270-pound edge um, that can really use his hands and really plays with a lot of effort. Um, He is probably going to fall just because of maybe some physical limitations and guys are gonna get bumped up come combine time. But I think when this guy gets on the football field, he's a really, really good football player. So Brandon Trice at twenty four for me.
1: Nice. I like it, fellas.
0: All right. Let's uh let's talk about some players who maybe we had too high, too low. Ray, you wanna start with any anybody
1: from uh Mine and Dean's list? Oh, oh calling out I'd love calling yeah, out Yeah, we'll tonight. call out some people. I mean Jaden Daniels is the easy one. It's just preposterous. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people have it, but I think over Drake May in particular, uh, I think it's a little crazy. For Sauce, hmm, who do you have high that I'm not the biggest fan of? I, think we have, I feel like our top 10s in particular. I mean, Nate Wiggins, I have to go back and watch his tape this year. I know a lot of people are uh, really jerking him. But uh, for me, Braylon Trice, I know you. I, I think what you said is a good analysis of him. But for me, I think just the stiffness and just like rigid... Play style. I feel like it's just going to be a, a cap on his ceiling a little bit. I do think he's going to be a good rotational edge rusher, uh, the baby, probably even starter at some points in the league. Uh, but he's just a, not really in my cup of tea in terms of like first round edge talent. So I think he's a little too high for me.
2: Fair enough. Dino, what do you got? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to look through Ray's. I, I just, I just, uh, don't believe in the JT to Malau. I just that's what I had to. I mean, come on. I, I mean, Ray's just, Ray's homerness is just flashing like crazy. Look what he did to your boy Olu. That's all I'm going to say. He did. It's, it's just, it's, I've seen these, I feel like, I feel like I've seen this play out too many times. It's just not any, in top 25 in a class this stack, I, I just think that's pretty preposterous. To to use your word. And then and to go to, to go to sauce, I just feel like hmm, I don't know how how high did you have Malik Neighbors? Five. Dude, Malik Neighbors over over Brock Bowers.
0: It's a wide receiver to a tight end.
2: Yeah, I know. Uh <laughs> That was the difference. I guess. I mean but- I don't know. The tight end position is transformed nowadays, buddy. I probably would have I probably would have pointed out, I really like that you put a Marius Mims in there. It's just, I, I, it's too hard now. I was really high on him. I liked him a lot. When we did our mock draft, I'm pretty sure I drafted him pretty high. He would have definitely been top 20 for me. It's just... He terrifies me, that guy. That terrifies... Yeah, I agree.
1: I, I feel like he has to go back to school, too, and play a little bit more games, but... Just the with Makai back in, like how how the fuck can we put him that high? I don't get it. Like just I, that shit just terrifies me.
0: Yeah, it's like, raw talent,
1: dude. I know, but like he's just so big, and like he's not like the most refined player either. And he just hasn't played a lot due to injury. That's just those things.
2: Call me call me weird. I, I don't know if this makes any sense. It definitely does not. When he got hurt in the um in the game against Bama, I, I remember seeing it, and it just it just. He looked just the way he got hurt and how he was hurt. It just made him look even more not durable, less durable to me. I don't know how to explain it.
0: Um, I mean, I think the fact that he was banged up at the beginning of the season and came back to like doesn't help. Um, But I mean, these are all fair points especially because we've seen it firsthand with how many injuries there are to an offensive line, especially a jets offensive line to put a guy like this in your top 25. But I just think the raw tools that he has are just too high for me to leave him out. Um, for you guys. I mean, it's tough placing quarterbacks, Ray, right? You know how I feel about JJ McCarthy. Um, I think this is a guy that needs to go back to school for sure. I do too. Just can really for a record. Yeah, that's fine. And I think, I know that you're high on JJ McCarthy too, but I even feel like in a in a big board that is without position, uh, whatever, whatever. He
2: was my he was my summer scouting three. I'm really freaking high on JJ too. I, I think it's to put him mm-hmm. at 15. It's just there needs to be. I mean, who knows? Yeah, Maybe. I just haven't seen the growth. I
0: really feel like I needed to see from from JJ. I had him just outside. I have actually have him at 26. Um, And then for Dean, uh, I really like Terry on Arnold. He's in my top 25, but I don't think any of these corners deserve to be at 11. I think all these guys are kind of uh, 15 and below the the way I have all the way I see all these corners. Um, So that's the one that I would.
2: That might've been a bit of shock factor, the 11, but,
0: He's definitely my corner one. I want that um, stone. I have a big, uh, I mean, I went to 50. Do you guys want me to read out like my next 10?
1: I know you want to, so go ahead.
0: I, okay. I'll I'll read out my next 10 because I got some
2: good ones. Just make it quick because uh, I got to go make that.
0: At 26, I have J.J. McCarthy there. Um, just outside, didn't feel like I saw enough growth, like I said. Um, Graham Barton, raised boy at 27. At 28, I have Tyler Newbin, safety from Minnesota. He's a really good player, but... Um, with the position, just had him outside. At 29, I have Tez Walker. Now, this is a guy that I was talking about all season with his eligibility issue, but when he came back, you just saw the explosion. Um, I just really love what he did for for UNC. He's a deep ball threat who's really good at tracking the football. Um, right behind him, I have Emeka Obuka. uh At 30, at 31, and 32, I have Two offensive tackles. I have Tyler Guyton at 31 and then James Morgan at 32. So 30. no
2: one, no one given any love to Bo Nix? Question mark.
0: Nope.
2: Ray, would he be in your top 30? No. Top 35. Probably not. I view him as a back end day two. Or top day 40, two. take it or leave it. No, probably not. That's not. <laughs> um, how really he did. He's. He would definitely be in my top
0: 35. He's number 46 on my list.
2: He'd be in, the ne- he would be in the next 10 for me, I believe. I don't know, though. I would have to, I would have to sit down and really think of it. I love that Nooban kid, though. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a beast. All right, boys. I'd send this home. So, I mean, I, before, we,
1: before we go, I wanted to yeah. ask a question on some guys, too, in particular. Um, yeah. So, for Cooper DeGene, what do you guys view him as? I think he's um, a corner.
2: I'm always going to be a. Almost a proponent. You I'm think he's going to be an in. outside corner, Dean? You said Roger McCreary couldn't look at him now. He's getting torched every week. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> on the outside, you idiots. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I just feel like to. I feel like we always. I, I feel like you guys underestimate how many times we go over a prospect and then talk about them switching out of that position or switching into a different facet of that position. It's just too soon to tell. I feel like more times than not, we're wrong when we talk about that stuff. So I feel like, and there's a little bit inside of me and obviously this is, has to be true for you guys as well. I want him to still be a corner and be really good at it. Um, I mean, I think it'd be funny,
1: but at the same time, I think just to maximize his talent, I just think he's a slot, or I say, I think he's just someone who moves. Like, you could play him outside if you need to, but yeah. like, I think yeah, he's I, someone that you want to, I think you want to, he's like a chess piece. I think you want to put him on a tight end. I think you want to put him in a, a, a really good slot receiver. I think you just want to move him all over the place just because that guy is such a good fucking tackler, too. I want him as close to the ball as possible.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's going to be so interesting where he ends up getting drafted, too, because like his skill set, I mean, he has a lot of skills, but only certain defenses can use him in the right way. I kind of think of, like, a Buffalo, a Minnesota, like, these teams that have give multiple looks, they switch it up every play. Like, this, like, Cooper DeGene doesn't fit on the Jets.
1: Well, because we have all pro slot corner and Michael Carter the second fair enough <laughs> <laughs> um so i
0: i think his range of outcomes are are very i this still Do You want to fit him in player. a Bran-
1: in like a Brian Branch role i mean is is this a crazy comparison i think he's Tyron Matthew
0: i think that's fair that is definitely fair i don't think he's as good of a corner as Brian Branch that uh, dean
1: Really, what? I think he's better corner than Brian Branch, but I think really? he, yeah, I think I think he's I think he can play outside if needed. I'm, cu- I'm really curious to see what he, he tests, what he runs. Yeah, they say that he's like a track star. I mean, Riley Moss
0: ran really fast last year. Is that guy, f- I mean, obviously Cooper Jean is way better than Riley yeah. Moss, but like,
1: dude, I when I, I, Riley I Moss re- got moved, I still remember when I went to go watch Riley Moss last year. I, I was watching Cooper Jean for like 20, 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, it's got to be him. It's a white corner. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Would they have another one of these guys?
0: <laughs> um, any other players that you guys want to talk about before we get out of here?
1: Um, ooh, Let me see. Oh, can I see a couple guys who just missed for me? Just, yeah. just a few. Go ahead. Um, Xavier Worthy. He's someone that I've gone back and forth on, but I think that he's just going to go a lot higher than people think are staying right now in particular. That guy runs at a different speed than everyone else. Um, I think he ends up going pretty high. And then also his teammate J.T. Sanders. The more I watch him, the more I like him. Uh, they use him inside. They be, they use you him. You are all...
0: a sucker for J.T. Sanders. Dude.
1: They've been they use him a lot more on the line this year too. I just I do think he's someone else who maybe he goes day two. But I, I do love just the uh, physical upside. Then Amarius Mims is another one who is just outside for me. Who uh, given all the reasons I said earlier, I couldn't put him in the top twenty-five. Nice. And then also last one too. Another Go Texas ahead. guy. He's, he's not going to be close to the top 25 or top 30, whatever. But Jordan Winnington just accepted the senior bowl. <laughs> Fucking love that guy. The more I watch that guy, that guy's going to be so much better than the NFL. I don't care.
0: Oh, I love how in a group of top 25 players, you just part of a guy who's going to be a day
1: three. I know. I know. Day two. Day two. No way. He'll go day two. I'm telling oh. you. He's going to go higher than you. Th- I love that guy. Oh, God. He's going to get the senior <laughs> bowl bump.
0: All right, fellas, that was fun. That's going to wrap it up for us here I'm Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our Big Board 1.0. Stay with us. More draft talk coming, more mock drafts, team rebuilds, player rankings. Next week we're going to have a live college football playoff breakdown, best bets, props, so stay locked in for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod. Follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. You can also find us on underdogpodcast.com and stick with us as we head towards this 2024 NFL draft. Fellas, appreciate you.